When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Numbers to dial us up can get involved at 466-3776-466-375-825-5865. Our old buddy uh, Mike Leach, the Pirate. Some videos streaming on ESPN.com. Uh, the pirate at the podium. He sent a tweet out earlier today. He's wearing his favorite pair of pants. They're not slacks, friends. They're khakis. <laughs> Pirate's wearing some khakis. He's got a sport coat. He's got a bottle. You know, the, the, the pockets on the sport coat are just for looks, typically. Well, he's got a bottle of water in each pocket, in, in, in each side pocket of his sport coat. Are we sure that's water? Yeah, I think so. I think I think Leach is more of a a, a beer guy, uh, a beer guy, and I think Leach is probably maybe a whiskey guy, mm. right? Mm. But the, it, I, I I can't for say like, I you know I, I I've just seen him have a beer. Uh, so, so, I don't so know. If, if he were trying to sneak something, it'd more likely be like whiskey in a tea bottle. He he wouldn't know. I mean, he he'll grin and bear this. <laughs> I mean, come on, he'll grin and bear it. He's got a tie on, and uh, yeah, so good for the pirate. We'll hear a little bit from uh, some of the movers and shakers at SEC Media Day. Thoughts from Bill Bush uh, last night on the network with uh, Nebraska special teams. Brandon Vogel teased it for us. But a really good write-up on uh, that Sioux line. What can you get out of Nebraska's defensive line? We'll visit that. Uh, Some reaction by Iowa when it comes to Big Ten expansion. The Major League Baseball All-Star game tonight. You may care for betting purposes. How did you fare in the home run derby? We tried to preview that for you, and Soto went nuts. Man, that was impressive. I, I caught a little bit. Uh, of of the home run derby before Better Call Saul, uh, but I didn't watch till the end. I kind of crashed out. Oh, early. so did you miss all the Julio? I I, I watched. I kind of got caught up on social media. Okay, Julio, Julio was the story of the. No, I know he's incredible. Cow. I mean, the only thing is, is Juan Soto. He didn't win. Well, because well, Juan Soto won every single round that he was in by one home run. I don't think he had to do any more swings than he had to, and. I'm not no, going to say that flipped the hell out of. I'm not going to say Julio was tired by the end of that thing, but you can say he was tired. I, I I'm not going to step inside. Maybe he just got a little little bit of pressure or whatnot. But it sure. I mean, whenever you, your your home run total falls so significantly in the final round, you got to assume tiredness is a factor there. And Juan Soto pulls it out. But did you see the uh, the stat that 
Uh, Julio is making $700,000 this year. If he would have won the home run derby, he would have more than doubled his yearly salary because that's a million dollars if you win it. <laughs> he's making 700000 a year right now. Uh, he, on, he, he only. Still went home with, I think, $500,000. Yeah, so he, he did well. He's now a millionaire. <laughs> Good work, Elijah. He's, he's still a millionaire. But no, some sights and sounds from the home run derby. And, uh, of course, y- you have football on our mind because uh, the, it, it's it's here, right? I mean, we're, we're a week from today. We'll be uh, pacing around uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, and uh, we'll have a full day of Big Ten Media Day coverage. Plenty of Husker uh, players and coaches, or the coach, we hope anyway. And we'll run down uh, all the opponents you want to hear from, plus some of the names and faces you love in college football. We'll do our best for that for for Tuesday and for Wednesday. Uh, they're both days with Hale Varsity Radio on the road. Uh, can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Can find and follow us on Twitter. Do so at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, that's how you get in touch with us. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So uh, when we talk Nebraska and we talk, and we'll talk to Mitch Sherman, he's coming up. Uh, we are efforting Coach Kaz, Coach Kaczynski, in hour two. If we don't get a, a live version of Kaz, we had a pretty fun uh, talk about the 500-mile radius. We'll do a rewind for you in hour two. It was pretty good. And a lot of those names that uh, you see on Brandon Vogel's uh, Sioux list, what defensive linemen, what defensive players finished a season with a similar stat line to what Sue did to Texas in 2009. Um, a lot of those guys were recruited and developed by Coach, Coach Kaz. So uh, he would know uh, what it takes to, to hit that, that Sioux line. But I want to start off with uh, just some news and notes. The schedule is out, so we'll be all over post-practice once Nebraska gets camp up and rolling. And there's a media availability. That'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, They'll uh, no doubt uh, have some player availability. Nebraska's always been great about that. But a little different this year, Elijah. I mean, it's just going to be coordinators it's not going to be position coaches and i'm all right with that now i'm going to miss hearing from riola i'm going to miss hearing from applewhite uh but you're going to hear from whipple you're going to hear from chenander you're going to hear from bush i mean those are your three coordinators your offensive your defensive and your special teams coordinator and uh, the special teams coordinator the pride of pender bill bush last night and uh, he was talking uh, a, a lot of things last night, but specifically when it comes to kicking, uh, Nebraska may have their guy. And, uh, well, he'll tell you why uh, that you can think that this next kicker will be the right kicker for Nebraska, presumably in some close ball games in Big Ten play. There were multiple guys, and there were some there were some really good kickers in the portal. Uh, obviously, uh, from looking at them, I was able to settle in, and, and we were able to settle in on on Timmy Bleak Road. And a lot of things came to came to, to look at with him that stood out to us. Obviously, he was a very good soccer player, you know, at that in, in high school, and um, also I had to watch him and just all the information from his coach in high school through all the way through is that just very steady 
very emotionally steady, very stable, can take hard coaching if it need be. Uh, so that was very – nothing rattles him. And so that was a big plus to see that. And obviously, if you look at what his numbers were, I think it was 9 for 9 inside of 40. The same thing we just talked about yep. is what is accuracy, where is it at. I felt they were I – I felt he had a good long snapper. Uh, it was hard to tell with his holder, with where he was last year, but he had a good long snapper. So he was work, working in a very functional situation uh, to be able to do it that. But just to see the kicks that he could make at those times, because kicking is a little different. If you're playing, you know, defensive line uh, in Division II football compared to playing in the Big Ten, that's different. Kicking's not. It's a, it's the same same uprights. It's everything's the same. So if you can make them there, you can kind of go from from that point on. So that's kind of our plan. It's Bill Bush and that audio uh, Husker Network. And uh, listen, Timmy Bleak wrote. We talked to Timmy, didn't we? Didn't you line that up? No, that was, well, we talked to the Brian Buschini. Buschini. Okay, yeah. we haven't talked to, to Bleak Road. Whenever I say Bleak Road. I, I stop and I catch myself to make sure I say bleak road because I want to go in the bleak midwinter. That's all Peaky Blinders thing before they think they're about to bite it. Well, that sounds like a great like underground band name, too, the bleak road. <laughs> well, I, I, just give me Timmy, right? <laughs> give, give, me, give me Timmy busting field goals if I'm a Nebraska fan. And I mean, think about what Bush just laid out there. Well, the guy was nine for nine in makeable kicks, right? Is he kicking from the 30, the 28? That's your you got to get points area. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And we won't detail how many times Nebraska did not get points last year or in previous years. But the emotionally steady part, (laughs) I mean, such a mature well-informed, look, I'm a professional and I know this stuff, take, right? It's it's a guy that's coached Sam Cook. It's a guy that's been at Nebraska now three times. It's a dude that's uh, been one of the best recruiters in college football, period, the last two decades. And, and he loves him some special teams. And he's going to make it where it's not an afterthought. And in some years, Nebraska... Scoring explosion. They attempted like five field goals all year. We'll talk the Babbers would know. But the point is you didn't, you didn't worry about it because you're scoring 70 a game. Well, you, details matter, and little things matter in the Big Ten. Little things get you beat. Communication, knowing where to kick the ball, uh, having, ha- having like a hunger and a desire to be on special teams versus I don't want to do special teams, right? Come on, man. It's, it's grunt work. It's, you know, it's, well, it's huge. Devontae Smith was still the gunner the year he won the Heisman mm-hmm. because he wasn't sure the minute he got to Alabama. Talked to Lars Anderson about this. The minute Smith got to Alabama, like, dude, I don't know if I can win in this room. I'm kind of sli- he didn't doubt himself, but he was not a two. He's not Julio walking in. Okay, <laughs> it's like I, I'll, I, at least I'll get on the field and I'll be a gunner. Well, fast forward after catching the the game winning toss from Tua to beat Georgia for another national championship, he's still a gunner on special teams on punt. The year he wins the Heisman. And I, that, that, that's the mindset, attitude, mentality you got to have. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm excited to see. I'm excited to hear about, but you want to see, you, you need to see it. I'm excited to see the mentality transform mm-hmm. because that's been 
as much as there's been imperfect football, Elijah, there's been just a lot of mental lapses. And it's little things, and Bill Bush does not allow little things to be missed or to happen. So really good for, for him. But Timmy Bleak Road, what an what a, what a, what a analysis. That Yeah, think about all the things that you're hoping translates. Juco to college to, to Big Ten football or, or high school to, to college. Well, kicking's kicking. It's like the one thing on the field that you don't have to be way better at. Rarely do you just come in and kill it. Well, Bleak Road, if, if he can be as steady, as emotionally steady and physically reliable, those are two great terms you got to have. And, okay, I mean, that, that, that sounds impressive, but it's, it's not thrown out there for show by Bill Bush. That's how he's going to – that's what he's going to demand from his kickers. And if Nebraska's got a guy that is, is as good or better than what Iowa's run out – I mean, look at, look at all the – look at Iowa's win total the last three years. I mean, they're, they're, their last five to seven years, I think they're top seven in the country. And they've won a hell of a lot of close ball games because of a kicker. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's you're not used to it necessarily, aside from Alex Henry, right, against Colorado. You've just taken for granted some really great kickers on some really good teams that scored a lot of points. Rarely has it come down to a field goal for Nebraska. Josh Brown and Alex Henry, that's it. To, to, and sorry to go Byron Bennett, but those are the three instances. Well, in the Big Ten play, you live and die by it. Right. Well, there's one thing I'll say, though, is when it comes down to a, a game-tying, game-winning field goal situation, that is the one part of kicking in D2 that does not translate up to D1, is you don't have to go make that pressure kick with 90,000 screaming fans. You don't have to go make that kick on national television when however many millions of people are watching you on, on TV. The, the pressure aspect of things is one thing I, I do worry about from a guy making the step directly from D2 to D1. I mean... The best athletes in the world struggle with pressure. You see, there's a reason a guy misses. A, Look at Ray Finkel. Ray, Ray, I was going to go the guys who missed like that six foot putt on a Sunday on the 17th green. <laughs> Me? <laughs> and I'm playing for vodka. <laughs> but I'm saying like, the, the best athletes will do it too. Oh, you're, you're tied for the lead at the Masters, 17th green, and you, you leave the, the putt short, even though it's only a six foot putt. It happens to the best of them, and that's what I do worry about in this situation. Is he probably a step up based on what we saw? I mean, yeah, nine for nine inside 40 yards. That's great. But how is he, with five seconds left in the game, a chance to tie it up, send this game to overtime, and, oh, guess what? There's 90,000 people in Memorial Stadium who are sitting on their hands, nervous that you're about to miss this kick. Listen, you you can't always be perfect, totally understand that, but you need to, you need to be nine out of ten. You need to be nine out of ten. When, when, when it, they all matter from a momentum standpoint and point standpoint, but you need to be nine for 10, eight for 10 in pressure kicks. That, that is my humble demand. It's probably Bill Bush's not so humble demand when he talks about hard coaching and do your job. Hit a tough kick, hit a game winner, do it in god awful conditions. In November. In November, the wind blowing sideways or changing direction on you. Do it at Kinnick. 
do it at Kinnick and walk off. Or do it in Ireland. I don't care. Really don't. Uh, just get somebody that's competent. And, and to be fair, I think the, the Louisiana import uh, was, was dinged. I think he was hurt. Connor Culp? Yeah, Culp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a live Kaz at 505, which is good. We will talk to Kaz. Uh, he was uh, tied up uh, till now. So we'll talk with Kaz in a little less than an hour. Anxious to talk with Mitch Sherman because he got to sit down with Trev Alberts last week. What he thought of that. And uh, we uh, gear up for media days here a week from today in Indianapolis. Uh, plenty of baseball, plenty of SEC to get into as well. Uh, the great Nick Saban speaks on NIL. Uh, Nebraska, though, they are in search of some dudes on kickoff. And uh, that'll be key as well. Uh, great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, what's up, man? Good to spend some time with you. Thanks for, for taking the call. Yeah. Hey, Smitty, how are you? Uh, things are things are fine. Just out in the heat and trying not to melt. You're not mowing, are you? I did that yesterday okay. at about this time. <laughs> like three degrees cooler. Uh, no, not today. Good answer. Good answer. So I gotta I gotta ask you this, and I'm probably I'm I'm way late to, to the reservation party, but is is Saint uh-huh. is Saint Elmo's all all that, or is it is it just reputation? Are you thinking about going next week? Well, I, I'm probably going to. With, I'll go with you. Uh, well, I don't have a reservation. I mean, I totally go. I just don't know how I'm going to get in. Is the point? <laughs> well, you can always go next door to the place. The the place. Um, it's like uh, it's um, it's similar. Okay. Uh, own the same ownership. Same cocktail same sauce. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. You can always go there and. Save a little money over St. Elmo's. Um, I, I, I went last year at Big Ten Media Days. Yes, um, I went with Adam Rittenberg and Matt Schick, um, a couple of my other former colleagues, Tom mm-hmm. Van Heron from ESPN, and I definitely had the shrimp cocktail. It, you know, we were with a group that where several of the people had not experienced it before, and they were freaked. They were pretty freaked out by it. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I love hot stuff, though. So I have no issue at all. Same here. Yeah, I have no issue at all with the shrimp cocktail. I would strongly recommend it if you've never had it. Well, it's not like a meal where it's going to fill you up and then you got to get something else. 
But, I mean, you can either just go there for the appetizer, enjoy that, and then move on. Mm-hmm. Or what I've always done is just eat that before, before the meal, and, and then, you know, you get, you get shrimp or steak or, or something else. Well, I will take you up if, if you'll still have me, and, and we'll, uh, we'll go get it handled one way or the other uh, next Tuesday night. <laughs> if that works out, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Okay, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll be in touch off there. Yeah, no worries. Uh, my uh, my my wonderful tour guide, uh, Mitch Sherman. Mitch, where does Nebraska come in on the the old Big Ten storyline radar this Big Ten media days? Uh, how high up the the old ranking are they? I know what I've got is USC, UCLA. You've got Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, you know who who's going to be supreme in the East, and then of course you know Sparty. Do they repeat? I'm wondering if, if Nebraska and Frost and their future is. I mean, it's going to be big. I mean, Frosty leads off everything uh, on on mm-hmm. Tuesday, a week from a week from today. Yeah, that's one thing that is going to be in favor of Nebraska getting attention is that they're in and out of there before everybody else because of camp opening on Tuesday in Lincoln. So they need to get back for that. Frost wants to be there in the afternoon, of course, to welcome the players back, and then practice starts on Wednesday morning at Nebraska. So they're going to, they're going to be the first taste for all of the media in attendance. Some people, in fact, you know, might miss them if they show up a little bit late. I think it's, um, it's a notable storyline because it's Nebraska, because of their placement in the schedule, because of the hot seat that Scott Frost is sitting on. But, you know, they, you then also have to consider that they have the, the media right, the Big Ten media rights, uh, deal that is, is likely to be much discussed. If they're not announcing the package and the dollars, um, it's still going to be a huge topic of discussion with Kevin Warren and the Big Ten leadership as they take the stage on Tuesday. So all of that factors in. I believe Iowa's up on Tuesday, same day as Nebraska, also Michigan. So those are those are storylines that people are going to follow that will compete with Nebraska. But, you know, I think like most other years, it's it's going to be um, Nebraska will have some Nebraska. Will, there'll be some talking points around Nebraska, and, and you know maybe a, a little more um, interest this year in particular because of the precarious spot that Scott Frost finds himself. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, I uh, really enjoyed your, your sit down with Trev. Uh, how was Thanks. it? Great, great story. But how was the sit down? How was the the tone and body language, bud? It was outstanding. Um, he's relaxed, walked into his office, and, uh, you know, he was sitting out front in the, in the lobby with um, Doug Ewald, his, his new uh, CFO from Omaha. And so I met Doug and went with Trev to his office. It was a good conversation, you know, 40 minutes. We covered a lot of ground, some stuff that, You'll still see coming up and some stories that I have planned on The Athletic over the next couple of weeks as practice gets going in Lincoln. I think he's realistic about where this next year is going. He's prepared. They have a lot, of course, to tackle, a lot on the table with big years ahead in football and men's basketball and and likely decisions, be them good or bad, to make about those coaches. They've got to open this giant facility that's out the window hulking um, in the shadows from of, uh, of Memorial Stadium from, from you can see it from Trev's office so 
there's all of that going on and so much in college athletics. And really that's what I got into in the story were Trev's thoughts about this Big Ten, um, these Big Ten issues that have surfaced this summer about name, image, and likeness, about transfers, about all of the different ways that college athletics is going and where Nebraska fits in, in, uh, in there. Yeah, Mitch, it feels like the, the main storylines this summer, not just around Nebraska, but around college football as a whole, has been less about what's going down on the field, more about NIL and, and conference expansion. So I'm going to try to fuse these two things together here. When Scott Frost gets up to the podium next week at Big Ten Media Days, what, what do you think the first question he's going to get asked by the media is going to be? Because uh, it, it doesn't feel like in terms of uh, a national sense of what this perception is around the Nebraska program around college football as a whole. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be a, a question related to what's on the field. So if you had to predict it now based on what you know about your friends in the, the world of journalism and, and et cetera, what do you think that first question Scott's going to answer is going to be? Since he's the first coach up, he's going to take his share of questions about the big national issues. I think if he was 14, people would have had their fill. But he's coached in the Pac-12. He's been around and recruited in those parts of the country. You know, he's faced USC and, and UCLA on his turf, on their turf. So I got to think that that's going to lead things off. Someone's going to ask him because it's so, it's so fresh, and, and you know, Scott hasn't talked on the record about it. Um, that, that, that that may be the first question about the new additions to the Big Ten and, and how he feels about it. Followed followed quickly by some questions about Nebraska and what Scott Frost's role is going to be in the offense this year. I think that's the number one most pressing thing for Frost from a football standpoint is how he fits in this offensive um, hierarchy and in, in crafting the Nebraska offense with Mark Whipple as coordinator and with Casey Thompson as quarterback. So, And, and, and then from there, you know, you'll have all of the questions about the transfers that Nebraska is welcoming and, and how, they're gonna, um, how Nebraska expects them to fit into this uh, program. Mitch Sherman's with us uh, from the Athletic Hail Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter's where you find him. Mitch, what? Uh, let's talk about that that offense for Nebraska and, and Whipple's splits. And you know, it's it's been a little more fifty five forty five, not awful, but it's been more pass than run. And I'm interested to get your take here. What's what's uh, what's d- desirable? Uh, with, uh, with, do you think Frost wants to run to win, or do you think he cares at this point? Just get an offense that's going to move the sticks and be good in the red zone. Do you think he's picky on how it looks? That's a good question, and I think at the end he's not. I think he, he, he wants to win, and maybe if this was earlier in his time at Nebraska, uh, you, you know, you would see a different mindset about that, but you know, he knows where this program is at and what it needs, and, and what it's going to take for his survival and for this offense to move forward. There may be a day down the road where he cares more about how it looks, but right now it's about the result. And if you saw a shift, I think, toward that a year ago, where Frost, for the first time as a head coach, was okay leaning on his defense and coaching a game that uh, – a style of game that – Put the pressure, took the pressure off of his offense. You know, more in the way that Iowa and Wisconsin do it, where they play some ball control, but really they want to let their defense win the game. And, you know, some of that can can be uh, kicking off 
if you if you you know deferring if you win the coin toss. And he started to do that a year ago. I'll be interested to see how he handles that decision this year. It's a minor decision, but it's one I think that sheds some some light that offers some insight into what his mindset is, into what the team's mindset is about how they play the game. So it, it doesn't matter to him this year. He just wants wins, however many he can get. Um, and, you know, the, the, the offensive style, um, I, I think, is, uh, you know, that, that will come. Of course he wants to run the ball and be successful at it, but it's more important to win. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, uh, what do you think about Notre Dame asking for, for 75 mil <laughs> to be uh, the, with NBC and, and, and the, the, the hope for the Irish to stay independent? Yeah. Well, why not ask for it? You know, the worst <laughs> thing that can happen is they say no. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't have a lot of insight into what's going on, obviously, there and have just only seen the numbers. So I haven't studied that story yet. I'm sure I will more as we get closer to Indy next week. But I do know that the Big Ten teams, with what's on the table and what's likely to happen with um, with Fox and their multimedia partners, are going to be looking at upwards of 65 million. So if you're Notre Dame, you know the way to stay viable, the way to stay at the top, and to stay independent is to find a way to exceed that, to equal or or exceed that. Um, you know, Notre Dame may ultimately get something in the neighborhood of what the Big Ten teams are getting from their partnerships, and that would be great for Notre Dame. That would be reason enough for the Irish to be able to stay independent in football. But if that number drops five to ten million below what the SEC and Big Ten teams are getting, you know, that's when I, I think the pressure is on Jack Swarbrick and Notre Dame to, uh, you know, to find a conference where they can catch in. Yeah, and, and Mitch, we've talked about that Notre Dame partnership with the ACC, but if Notre Dame comes to the Big Ten and says we're willing to come uh, in all sports except football, is that something the Big Ten even considers? I don't think so at this point. Um, Big Ten, if the Big Ten's getting Notre Dame, the Big Ten wants Notre Dame football. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that that's – I mean, look, if the ACC blows up um, and Notre Dame athletics – other than football, if Notre Dame's basketball and Olympic sports are left out in the wilderness and they need a landing spot and there's a way for it to work uh, with the Big Ten in, in a, in a uh, fiscally beneficial method, then sure, the Big Ten's going to look at it, but that's not, what they're, that's not what they're going to the table with Notre Dame for. If they have discussions with Notre Dame, number one priority for Kevin Warren is to find a way to bring their football program into the fold. Mitch, we'll talk soon, bud. Thanks for the time and insight as always. Okay, take care, guys. Thank you. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, that uh, potential partnership, Big 12, Pac-12, whose nice wallet lasted. 
Just because she talks to you around 10 o'clock, that means she wants to be around you at last call. What are you laughing about, Elijah? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, hey, you, come talk to me so that guy stays away. That dude with the mustache, keep him away. Well, the partnership uh, with the Pac-12, Big 12, uh, discussed extensively the past two weeks. That's ended. That's uh, per sources. To ESPN officials from the uh, the Big Twelve told the Pac twelve officials Monday, you know, I'm just not into that. I'm just not that into you. Couple of couple of friends you have, I I, I like named Oregon and Washington potentially. Or no, they probably came and hit him with, "It's not me," or "It's not you, it's me." And then you know, Costanza's like, "No, I, I invented. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. It's always me." But I think the, the Big 12, we'll talk with Coach Barnett on Thursday, but I think the Big 12's pretty comfortable with the Arizona Arizona schools and uh, also looking at uh, Colorado again. <laughs> so, so the buffs are, 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 are back in, uh, potentially. And I, I would assume you, your, your two key schools are going to, be Washington and Oregon. I'm just thinking of basketball and football because I love Phoenix. Mom lives down there half the year, right, west of Phoenix. And Arizona State's just always kind of been there. Same with Arizona. It's not that they haven't had good years. Arizona's amazing in basketball. I mean, I love their their history there. But Arizona State's just kind of a good freaking time to go party and once in, once in a blue moon they had a rose bowl team or once in a blue moon they upset nebraska in 1996 and actually wrote it the one good team ohio state and john cooper ever beat was that arizona state team in the rose bowl so what well, couldn't the same be said for colorado buffs buffs at least have a national championship one well but I mean, think about where they were, bro. I mean, they were they were zero and ten. Yeah, and this is this is before my time. So. No, I know this is almost before my time. But they were they were like zero and they they were zero and ten. They were zero and ten. Like going after year three, they were zero and ten. Then they got really good. I mean, they won a national championship before Nebraska or split one. If you think about it, I mean that's that's nuts. So you have the Pac-12 indicating the Big Ten uh, or make that the Big 12 interested in that option of a few select schools, and we'll see where it shakes out. But I, I kind of like that idea we talked about yesterday. Where we'll get Kaz's take here in 15 minutes, but where, where the Irish kind of swoop in. Uh, but the, you know what? The Irish probably think they're too good for the Big 12, and that's okay. Well, they probably are. In terms of how much revenue they're going to be bringing in on a yearly basis, they probably are too good for the Big Twelve. That, that's my question, though. Is is what do you? If you're the Big Twelve and you can get Notre Dame, and you say, "Look, we got a TV deal lined up, got an easier path to the playoff for you," we as a league to stay together, we'll take forty five million. Notre Dame, you're good to take seven fifty. It's not like you haven't been. You know, walking on eggshells around Texas anyway, before they bolted. 
Well, they'll, they'll even you're, used to be, <laughs> you're used to being told what to do, is my point by somebody. They'll even set up the Irish Football Network just for Notre Dame. Right, yes. <laughs> well, hey, they did the Longhorn Network. That's what I'm saying. So why, why don't you make that phone call? We'll, we'll ask Kaz all of these important questions. Let's hear from Nick Saban. Let's hear from Nick Saban. Let's hear from uh, St. Nick here when it comes to uh, NIL and recruiting because that's that's the big topic you had uh, Lane Kiffin talk about it the Pirates touched on it Kirby Smart's hit on it I mean there every coach has been asked about it because it's been so cutthroat and dare I say allegedly expensive pre NIL in the SEC anyway and uh, this is Saban on NIL and recruiting you know the advent of collectives um, has created a way for you know, third parties to um, make contributions to marketing organizations who can create opportunities for players, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Uh, creates opportunities for players. That's a good thing. I think when it's used in recruiting um, and players start making choices and decisions based on promises that are made uh, in name, image, and likeness, I'm not sure that is a good thing. Um, so I do think there needs to be some guidelines, you know, in that. And I think there needs to be transparency and, you know, how all that's done. Here's the question. I'd love to get this from, from a student athlete in, say, three years after the NIL's been around a while. How much were you promised and how much was delivered? What's reality? What's fantasy? Because... Recruiting's all fantasy land. And then the real world starts that first day at camp. Or when the meetings start. You gotta go gotta go earn it. You wanna go earn playing time. And to me, that's the the reality that a lot of those SEC coaches live in. Like, yeah, we we may be able to legally take care of you now, but I mean, Arch Manning's getting $14 million because of his last name and because he is a high-profile, incredible talent, right? He's got the, you would presume, it's always brutal to presume, a teenager. But you'd presume he's got the, the Manning work ethic or Uncle Eli and Uncle Peyton would lose their Nike up his backside, right? I mean, it's just how that family works, is they, they, they work hard, they're talented, you, you, you win and you're a top pick overall. That's, that's part of life in the Manning football family. Well, uh, and on top of that, I'd also like the study to go back, if there is a study like this someday. Oh, back, no, in, just in, in give, check- me, give me a tell-all. As, as a student athlete, what were you promised? What did you get? How much was delivered on? How much was BS? Because you got, Elijah, you got floating out there, Addison at USC now, mm-hmm. the Belenikoff From Pitt. Yeah. From Pitt. I mean, there was some some internet murmurs that he's been BSed on on the enormity of what the promise was. Well, I'd also like to know what this NIL stuff does. Like, say pre and post NIL era, which what percentage of five stars turn into all conference players? What percentage of five stars stay at the first school that they commit to? What percentage of five stars make it off and become a first round draft pick? And, and does that change pre and post NIL? What I'm most interested in is that transfer number. Are well, players more likely to transfer? Hell yeah, you're going to transfer. There's going to be a, the the UN's examples all over the map because you're in a transfer culture now, where you don't want to put the work in, you don't love the game. 
or you just wanted to get paid. You mm-hmm. don't care if you play in college or the NFL. Or maybe you do, but you've not been told no ever or since you were five. So you're going to go, uh, go, go get a yes from some other college football coach or program. The, the key here is going to be uh, about uh, telling the kid the truth, developing him, and making sure the kid's coachable. We'll wind down hour one. It's Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Rick Kaczynski, 10 minutes away. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yay or nay on the all-star tiebreaker. And that means if it goes extra, extras, it, it's not quite the excitement of a shootout like hockey, but it's a, it's a home run derby. I've never known anything different in hockey. I mean, you have say you have sudden death overtime, of course, but in the regular season, you can get the get to the shootout portion, which is really cool. But I don't know that I want. I don't know that I want my baseball game to end in a home run derby. It's new. It's different. It was fun last night with the home run derby. Totally get it. But this is for home field, man. Yeah, th- th- this is th- the one all-star game where the winner actually matters. It, it, yeah, right? I mean, it's 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 home field. So I'm glad that there's that attached to it. But do you want it with someone playing underhand toss so Schwarber can rock one to, to, to the ravine behind Chavez Ravine? I don't know. Well, I, I seems get a it, bit, it seems a bit too gimmicky. Or is, is that okay? I, I get it because I'm sure these MLB owners and the teams don't want their players, oh, you don't want your pitcher to go out and pitch a second inning in the, the All-Star game because you're worried about taxing himself during the season and what's supposed to be a, a break, a vacation of sorts. Or uh, you don't want to risk your guy needing to take another at-bat in the All-Star game because, again, you're risking injury, you're risking uh, your potential, say, $400 million player, you're risking him in a game that does not matter in the, in the grand scheme of your season. However, as I said earlier, this is the one all-star game in professional sports that actually has implications. What happens when you win in the Pro Bowl in the NFL? Nothing. What happens when you win in uh, the all-star game for basketball? You win in Nothing. the Pro Bowl, you go get arrested. <laughs> Alvin Kamara style. <laughs> you asked. But yeah, it's it doesn't have any implications in in baseball if you win the all-star game you get home field advantage in the world series there are guys that are playing in this game tonight that could have implications in their season they're gonna be playing in the world series here and because they lost this game they got to go play four games on the road in october it, it matters it has implications and do you want it to come down to a couple guys at the end three of the game? swings from each league Say a couple guys making a couple swings is that what you want this game to come down to no no Worst case, give me California rules. Two out, runner on second. I mean, go there. You're going to bastardize this thing beyond what baseball is, and you play till someone scores. <laughs> I mean, let, let's work on the old uh, the old pitch clock if we're going to keep tweaking things. Because aside from my kid playing, and I love watching him and his teammates play, and I love going. Had a great time going to Coors about a month ago. And it was just fun who we were with. But, yeah, I paid attention to who was at bat, but it was just hanging out with people at a, at a gorgeous ballpark uh, in, 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 the, in the mountains. You know, it was, 
it, it was cool to see San Diego. It was cool to see the Rockies. But guess what? I wasn't wasn't glued to it like I was when I was ten. And as far as watching, I'll go to a Salt Dogs game or I'll go to a, a pro baseball game in person. And I'll check it out on the radio because that's how I grew up mm-hmm. with with baseball out in a in a in a cabin in Western Nebraska. Every summer, I'd visit my grandparents, and we get the Rangers in, which was great. It was it was romantic, but now it's just like, dude, everyone's so. And I'm I've fallen into that black hole of, all right, this is boring. I need I need some sort of stimulation. If you're going to change up the All Star game, at least make it something that is going to help the game of baseball in the future. Something you're testing out for future. It's now NBC it's season. now a freak show. Yes, get off my lawn. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. In Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's time for a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski joins us, longtime coach at Nebraska and at Iowa. Kaz, what are you doing, man? Thanks for the time. Hey, brother. Um, oh, just up in Pennsylvania here, man. So, uh, sorry right. I couldn't get on earlier. A little, uh, little work action. No um, conference call. So, but yeah, man, just hanging out. Came to see... Uh, and to see my mom and the fam, so uh, brought the kids up, just hanging out. Have you uh, taken them fishing, or did you just get in? Uh, we got in. Um, we got in on uh, what uh, Friday. Mm. So uh, I've done. Uh, I've visited a, f- a few establishments, and uh, <laughs> we went to went to a local amusement park today. And uh, yeah, my son he went he went fishing out. My sister lives out in the in the country. Oh, good. So uh, she just got a, a pawn there. But, yeah, we're going to get on a uh, charter here uh, Thursday. We're actually going to do a night charter. They they run it four hours from starting at 3 o'clock. Go, go hit some walleye. Dude, walleye, I, I, uh, we have a old, old Timmy uh, is, is the walleye king that, that I know, and, and he'll – Go up to South Dakota and catch about as many walleye and bring them back, and he'll he'll beer batter them and, and fry them. And I will sneak over and and eat them. And my grandfather grew up uh, doing doing crappie in Western Nebraska. Crappie's pretty good, and, and it's even better with the the uh, amount of beer batter you use. <laughs> but walleye walleye's great, man. That sounds like a plan. That sounds like a real good plan. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I got to ask you here, from your perspective, <laughs> put yourself uh, in, um, in 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 Frost's shoes for a second, and I want to ask you what would Kaz do as head coach? 
and that it, it comes to to assistance and it comes to coordinators and it comes to just the head coach when it comes to the media Kaz I remember you guys being available after uh, some some tough ball games you guys being available after some great ball games right and the mm-hmm. access was great and and I have no complaints whether it's just the head man or the assistant whatever policy I'll, I'll take what I can get player or, or coach I'm thankful for it now that said it has been a bit of sh- bit of a shift so it's just going to be the coordinators and frost this year not any position coaches and that's that's a little different than in past seasons uh, do, you, do you like that and I know it's not unique I know Iowa I know uh, Bill Snyder I know a number of, of coaches have, have gone that route coach Kaz what's what's your take on availability from your perspective and, and how do you how do you kind of view it well you know I've been on both sides of it you know Kirk was a guy that he, he handled talking for the team uh, you know, talking, uh, you know, he was he was the spokesperson. And, uh, you know, we would meet. We always knew what he was going to say. Um, you know, he, he briefed us on everything. And the same thing with Bo, but it was just different different access. You know, at, at Iowa, uh, you know, I, I think what we started doing uh, is maybe in the spring, each position coach or coordinator having one, one day where they, they did a bunch of interviews and, and then the media day, but you know, it, hey, either way, I'm you know I'm fine with it. You know, that was Kirk's philosophy. That was his deal. Um, you know, he was the he was the uh, the spokesperson for the team. And then same thing with Bo. You know, Bo was the spokesperson of the team, but we gave the access and availability to all media. Um, you know, I, I mean, to, to each is to each his own. Uh, you know. <laughs> As you know, if you win games, they're going to write good things about you. Uh, or if you lose games, they're going to write bad things about you. So, mm-hmm. you know, it helps when you when you win games. But I've, you know, we we had to face the music a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I never never I never had any issues with that. It's just part of the gig. You know, you're a power five football coach at a place where people care about football. Um, hey, man, here's the access. Yeah, I, I remember I probably did. Five interviews after the uh, after the Wisconsin game. Uh, you know, at that point, I was just I was looking for a friend, looking for somebody to talk to. At that point, uh, and so uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> no, nobody else was. Yeah, so uh, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, to each his own, and I and I understand why coaches uh, you know get the way they do because you know there is a lot of negativity. Uh, at times, and they, there is some things that are probably written that coaches deem, man, like this guy has no idea, um, you know, what he's talking about, or just things that are completely untrue. Like, you know, there was always this narrative that Bo didn't recruit, Bo's staff didn't recruit. There was this, this narrative. Uh, it's so funny, especially, and like I said, it always came out of Omaha, this us against the world mentality. I was I was there for three and a half years. That, that was not the mentality. There was never there. Was, you know what the mentality was was to get our guys in position to be successful in all in all facets. Mm-hmm. That that was it on off the field and on Saturdays and you know in life and and that was we never talked about that. It was always about the process and the task at hand. So I think what happens is a lot of times there is a narrative that is created 
no different than in politics, but, it, you know, things that people care about, things that are, people are passionate about, there's often a narrative created by the people that cover those things. So, and I think that's probably, I, I don't know about Coach Fry, I haven't been following, I don't know if that's a change in the philosophy, mm-hmm. but uh, there's probably been a few narratives that he doesn't agree with and that are, probably aren't true, so you know what, I don't think it's anything personal. I just think, you know what, let's just focus on us. I'll be the team spokesman, and, uh, you know, the coordinators can speak for for uh, for each side of the ball. And, and um, you know, so I've been on both sides of it, mm-hmm. and I understand both sides of it uh, to a point. So uh, I think probably to each his own, and I think, you know, Coach Frost is just in a position right now, he's just focusing on the team and winning football games. Now, Cassie, you, you mentioned that Wisconsin game, and so you'd know firsthand how much of a, a, a media firestorm there can be around Nebraska during the season. So if there aren't assistants going up and, and talking to reporters, answering questions, do you worry that some of these harder questions are going to fall down to players who are, you know, age 18 to 22 and, and don't always know the, the mature response, the right thing to say? Do you, do you worry about those players getting the hard questions as opposed to assistant coaches? No, I, no. Once again, I just have to pull back on on my experience. Where sure. you know, even at, at Notre Dame and and in Iowa and Nebraska, we, you know, we had great great SIDs at all three places. Uh, same thing at South Carolina, but you know, it was it was what Coach Holtz wanted. So you coach these guys. These guys talked. You know, they they were representatives of the assistant coaches and of the head coach. So everybody should be saying the same thing. I, and like, not to bring politics in it, but look how your government looks when the head guy saying one thing and the VP saying something, and then Fauci saying something, and it, you know, you just go down, you go down the list. When people aren't on the same page, um, there's reasons why you, you know, it, it's just proving, hey, you know, we don't have it together. This is why we're not. This is why we're not as successful as we can be. So I think as long as you're coaching the players up. As long as these these players understand, you know, they have to understand what 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 you want them to say. You don't want them to be robot robots. You don't want them just saying coach speak. You want them speaking from the heart. Uh, but everything is a team mentality first. Uh, I remember Kenny O'Keefe. He would read an article uh, at Iowa, and um, it was one of our former players that went to the NFL, and it was a great former player. And and but there he he counted the eyes in the article and there was like 19 eyes in it right and Kenny just you know his point being guys when you, when you speak if you say I you talk about your how you felt your performance is that's the only time you say I and then I and when you say I you follow that up with with credit to your teammates for any success so um, you know I just. I don't think I don't think any of that'll fall down to the players if, if you go about it right. And I think the media does a good job um, at these places. I mean, let's be honest. You guys are you guys are professionals. You guys have been doing this a long time. You know, the the media outlets up there they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna lead the players into those tough questions where they're gonna put that where where they're gonna put that player in a bind mm-hmm. or set him up to say something controversial. So um, so I think the media does a really good job at that at, at most places, especially especially Nebraska and Iowa. So I, I, I don't feel that Elijah, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I just think that, you know, you gotta do a good job of coaching your guys up. Uh, they gotta understand, hey, you know, this is the message from the team because 
as a head coach, you're talking about that 365 days a year. So you really shouldn't have to worry about who's going in front of that mic, right? Because you're, you're pounding that message home every single day you're in front of these guys. Rick Kaczynski is with us Tuesdays with Kaz, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, our, our old buddy Brandon Vogel, uh, has this uh, Sioux line. It's a metric he created, and it, it the, the line is, is Sioux's line against Texas, which was an incredible game, one of the best defensive performances, uh, period, right? Four and a half sacks, yeah, seven tackles absolutely. for losses. Uh, 14 tackles and uh, an embarrassed line from from Austin, yeah. and and mm-hmm. when when we look at the metrics, can a player achieve that? What what's your take on that metric first and foremost? If a guy's getting four and a half sacks, seven TFLs uh, in a, in a season, that's their that's their combo from uh, from a from a impact play standpoint behind the line of scrimmage. Is is that a is that a good number? Is that a great number? You tell me from your perspective on, on playing on the interior and off the edge. Yeah, I mean, and I think we've had this conversation before. You know, stats stats can be very deceiving, especially when you have a dominating player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because people can plan for one, for, for one guy. So when you're looking at stats, you don't want to look at just one, one guy's stats. Man, mm-hmm. you got to look across. you got to look across the group. Um, you know, it's – and you got to look at how you're creating. You know, if your if your tackles for loss are coming on pressure, if your sacks sure. are coming on That's pressure, right. you know, I, we counted sacks in our room. We didn't count pressure sacks. Uh, we we everything we did was about four man rush. You know, I used to talk to my guys all the time. If you if we're starting to call pressure on third down, you're not you're not doing your job. And um, so I think you got to look across the board. Obviously, you know, in a game like that, when you're talking about two, that's a once-in-a-lifetime performance. You, you, won't, you won't ever see that again. You won't ever see that again. But I guarantee if you go back and look at that game and the other three guys dominated their, their opponent also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, good players, great athletes, right? They make plays. Mm-hmm. They make plays. Experienced guys make plays. Um, you know, what I looked at was, was this guy disruptive? I, I never looked at the stats until, until Sunday. Sacks are great. Sacks are nice. All right, that's awesome. But let me tell you, Malik Collins got sacks because they were turning the pressure. They were turning the, pressure, uh, the protection towards Randy Gregory. They, were, they didn't have a back to help inside out to dual read and those type of things. So, so Randy might have not had as good a year statistically as he did in 2013 as he did in 2014 but he was a better football player and he was more dominant because people had to plan for him same thing with adrian claiborne adrian claiborne was 10 times the football player in 2010 but it didn't show up statistically but what happened was the guys are the guys next to him and the guys on the other side from him playing on the edge you know their stats improved so so i think you got to look at I think you got to look at, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to look at uh, when it comes to tackles for loss. When it comes, how are you getting them? Right? Are you getting are you getting your sacks on four man pressure where you got seven guys dropped in coverage? Are you are you able to do that? Um, you know, so so now the the defensive backs are tied into the sacks because you can cover your tail off. 2012, 
we had a bunch of sacks. I think we were second in the country in passing defense. That wasn't, you know, our sacks became, a lot of our sacks were because we could cover. And, you know, you had a guy like Eric Martin, give him another half second. He's hard to block. So I think you got to look at the scheme. You got to look, you know, are you, are you bringing six? Are you bringing seven? Are you bringing five? Or are you, are you playing with four and playing coverage? So, so but, but obviously as guys get over, older and they get more experienced, just like Nebraska does right now, you're going to see guys playing disruptive. And that's what you're looking for. I want disruptive guys. You know, not necessarily tackles for a lot. Like, you got a game plan for this dude. This dude's living in the backfield. You know, this dude, I think, uh, he, I think you got to look at it that way. You know, this guy is causing havoc, and sometimes havoc doesn't show up on the stat line on Sundays, right? So, so I think, you know, you got to really study these guys, and that's the measure of their success is how much havoc are they creating? What are they forcing the offensive coordinator? Uh, to plan? What are they forcing the offensive line coach to do during the week? Uh, I remember we were playing, we were playing, I think it was Rutgers. I think it was Rutgers in 2014 and their offensive line coach uh, uh, came up to me after the game and he says, I I hope, he goes, he goes, we'll probably get fired. He said, the only good thing is I'll never have to see number seven ever again the rest of my life. That's what he said. He was talking about Malik, obviously. I think Malik was wearing seven at that mm-hmm. point. But, uh, you know, so that's a guy that, had, you know, that, that's Malik statistically. He was probably at, going into that game probably fourth as a D-line in, in sacks and tackles for loss. But he was disruptive. Mm-hmm. He was disruptive and created havoc. So, Kaz, I got to so, jump uh, in real quick. Yeah, I'm, up, I'm up against a hard break. Yeah. Hang on oh, for hi, me. Hang on for no me. Problem. We'll come back. More with Kaz on the it. way with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A week from today, we are in, in Indy. Lucas Zoya, we are spending uh, another segment with Rick Kaczynski, great coach at Nebraska and Iowa. A Tuesday with Kaz, and we're referencing Brandon Vogel's story. The Sioux line, a lot of Kaz's players on here. When you look at uh, that, that Sioux line, to, to define it for you, is are, are the season totals. Not game totals, mind you, uh, like what Sue put up against Texas. And that's a really good metric. Jared Crick, Levante David, Eric Martin, Randy Gregory twice, Malik Collins. And then Kaz, a number of kids you recruited too, when you look at the when you look at Khalil Davis and, and, and Ross Dezuris. Uh so uh the, the 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 defensive line last few years, uh, especially when you guys were here, uh, did a good job as you, as you were just touching on uh, causing causing havoc. Uh, and I can imagine uh, a guy like Randy and Malik and, and Vincent and, and even Avery uh, 
coming off the line was was problematic for a lot of Big Ten teams. But also, you, you had guys ready to rotate in, uh, and, and you had that depth when it came to November. Yeah, and, and that's a big part of it, having depth, keeping, uh, keeping guys fresh. And, um, you know, I think when you look at, when you look at that list um, from Vogue's, you know, the guys on there, they're all, you know, the common denominator is how athletic those guys are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, can, I could be the best, you know, you could, you could have Vince Lombardi coach me, and there, I, I'm limited to, to what I can do. Uh, it's no different than anything else. So it does come back to make sure you're recruiting the right guys. And the right guys, it's not, you know, I was talking with Bo the other day. You know, we never cared about who else offered anybody. You know, did we like this guy? Did he fit? And how much better can we get this guy? Uh, I mean, and, and we talked about on this show what we look for, you know, hips, knees, ankles. This guy can bend. So when you look at those guys on that, on that Sioux line, uh, those are all guys that could bend. Those are guys that are athletic. And, man, I love pluggers. I love, you know, headbutt guys, all that. But let me tell you, I become a really good coach with Randy Gregory and Malik Collins and, you know, big, tough, athletic, God-given things that I can't coach, right? Those guys make you look good on Saturday. I I was a really, really, really good coach at Iowa because I had really, really, really good players. I had a few good years at Nebraska. We had some really good games because I was coaching really good players. So, so I think when you're, you, know, you look at this year and the potential they have, I think it's because of the athleticism that Nebraska now has up front and how they're going to be able to utilize not only the guys in the interior, but the guys that they have playing in the alley and the experience that those guys have and their football IQ and, and you know, their athletic ability. Athletic guys are easy to coach, brother. Rick Kaczynski is with us. Kaz, we'll get you out of here on this. Thanks for for taking extra time. Notre Dame, and Elijah and I were talking about this. He had a report that the Irish, if they can get $75 million a year from NBC, would stay independent. And my question is this. If you're the Big 12, you already let Texas kind of boss you around, right? Longhorn mm-hmm. Network and all that garbage. Why wouldn't you make a deal with Notre Dame and say, all right, the Big 12 is going to go poach Colorado and let's go get the Arizona schools. Notre Dame, come on down and be our dance partner. Stay independent, but but partially date like you're doing in the ACC. All right. And, and we'll take care of you for, for basketball and the Olympic sports. You, a Notre Dame guy, would you jump from the ACC to the Big 12, assuming the Big 12 can, can pull this off, knowing that the ACC may crumble a bit and get raided potentially uh, at some point down the road? We're talking the Miamis and Florida States and some of the other schools by either the Big Ten or the, or the, uh, the, the SEC. Is, is, is the Big 12 worthy of Notre Dame is my question. Well, I, you know, I don't want to be here. I mean, I, I, think you, I think with Notre Dame, I think you have to look at it two ways. How does this help Notre Dame, right? Like, and I, I, don't, I don't think – Path to the playoff, marriage, right? Yeah, I, I just don't think that marriage would help Notre Dame. And then I think, too, the second thing, just knowing how Notre Dame 
how some of the Notre Dame people, the people who are making the decisions, uh, it, it really is come, comes down to uh, the academic, <laughs> the, the institutions. And mm-hmm. in the ACC, um, you know, you got a Duke and you got a North, you got a Chapel Hill and you have a Wake Forest. So I think that that was enticing. I think there's some benefits for Notre Dame in, in the ACC uh, that you wouldn't get, um, you know, going in going into the Big 12. And I, I just think that why would Notre Dame do that? And I just think the instability of the Big 12, not just not just recently. I mean, we're talking a couple decades old now. Instability in that conference. Um, so I just don't think I, I, I haven't been following it. I haven't talked to many people up there recently, um, but I, I would be sh- absolutely, absolutely shocked. And I, I could never see Notre Dame doing that, to be honest with you. And <clears throat> excuse me, it, it's not, it's not going to be a money. Everybody likes money. Um, everybody wants a little bit more, uh, including Notre Dame. But let me, Notre Dame isn't. They're not. They wouldn't sell their souls for. For, for for any amount of money, in my opinion, to go to the to join the Big Twelve. Well, maybe uh, that churches around the country this year will have offering plates going around to keep Notre Dame independent. Jeez. That's just that's just my two cents. That's about what it's worth. Well, I'm I'm interested here because right now Notre Dame's deal, Kaz, is about twenty two million a year. It's been back loaded since the the original NBC deal, right? And yeah. th- that was always 15, but that thing still stretches for forever. I mean, it's like, what, through 2035? So yeah. at some point, yeah. well, at some point, there's a number where you don't want to walk away from or you're getting, what, what's the number and what's the marriage like to uh, to get that number, still keep your independence, but also have a schedule? And answer me this last thought, and I'll shut up, bud. What, what's the, what's the hierarchy here? Who's the most important team on Notre Dame's schedule every year? Is it SC and then the, the service Southern academy? Cal. Okay, so, Southern Cal, no doubt. Okay. Southern Cal and and the and the service academies, and that that goes back that goes back to uh, Four Horsemen, back to World War Two. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it goes it goes way back. I mean, that 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 was a gentleman's agreement made back that Notre Dame would always play the the service academies. Uh, now, are they going to be able to do that, keep that independence? I don't know. I think that's going to be more and more difficult. But I think what you'll see happening when it comes to money, I, I t- take the years away when it comes to Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame to all these people making offers, I mean, they're the, they're the prettiest girl that doesn't have a prom date yet. Mm-hmm. So money isn't going to be an object. You know, that whoever – Whoever puts the ring on Notre Dame's finger is going to end up buying out what's left, or there'll be there'll be serious negotiations. And I guarantee Notre Notre Dame, and it's not in stone what they can and can't do with with any of these conferences and in the ACC with that everything the things backloaded and NBC. So uh, those guys are smart enough; they got out. They got out in uh, in every direction, in any direction that they want to move. Guys, enjoy the the fam. Enjoy being back home in in uh, Erie, brother. And we'll get caught up, and I'll, uh, I'll holler at you from India. All right, bud. All right, guys. I appreciate you. Take Thanks care, man. for having me on. Thank you, bud. Take there care. he is, Rick Kaczynski with us Tuesdays with Kaz at Tail Varsity Radio. Good to run him down. And in Notre Dame can 
listen, I think the Irish, I mean, that is, that is such a, a, a point to brag about for, for Notre Dame. Dude, we're so big, we don't need a conference. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been that way. And even if you get in line, we can join the ACC partially, but still be there for football. Or check that basketball, forgive me. And, and away we go. And we're still getting showcase game. It's, it's still Miami, Notre Dame. It's still Florida State, Notre Dame. It's still Clemson. And I guess my I have a hard time... If I'm NBC, shelling out $75 million to Notre Dame and paying Big 12 teams 50 to $60 million, just hypothetically, I, I, I think Notre Dame and Oklahoma State would, would be a fun game. But I, Notre Dame's bringing the, bringing the brand to it. Okie State's good. The Mullet's a hell of a good coach. They've been a really good football program for almost 20 years now. But there's still a Notre Dame, K State. But I mean, if you really want to bring in the, the big dollars, you got to put a brand up against a brand. And what what is there for you that does it for you as a college football fan? Not Big Eight nostalgia, not familiarity. Nebraska, I should say, uh, Kansas and, and Notre Dame do it for you. No, Colorado, Notre Dame. Yeah, that would that was that, cool. 30, that was that was cool thirty years ago. Sure. That was great. I mean, that determined a couple of national championship games. But now, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. I mean, it would have been good Central, last year, but sure. can Re- Cincinnati keep it going? Recently. That's where, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of, of linkage with, with hires. But still, Cincinnati is not the brand that Michigan is. No. Or Ohio State is. No. Even Nebraska. And, and, they're, and they're playing. Like, you have Ohio State, Notre Dame, week one. Or even Oregon, Notre Dame. Washington, Notre Dame. But I don't. Even if Nebraska is zero and eleven, and Notre Dame's eleven and zero in a Week Twelve matchup, at the end of the season, Nebraska Dude, Notre Dame still draws more eyeballs than a, a ten and one Cincinnati against an eleven and zero Notre Dame. And that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. The brands are what draw the eyeballs. People are going to want to watch Nebraska against Notre Dame or Ohio State against Notre and, Dame. And Notre Not, Dame Baylor, just sorry. I don't care. As good as Baylor's been. I'll tune in in the fourth quarter if Baylor's within a score. Sure. I know I know you will. But the point is, it, it doesn't have the same wow factor. Mm-hmm. It's not a game that, that you're going to want to take big noon kickoff to, college game day to. That's not what you want. And that's what's going to draw the eyeballs. And that's what brings in the money. Well, and if you're NBC, you don't have big noon and you don't have game day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got to create your own thing. I mean, you've always... And, and you have the streaming. You have Peacock. I mean, you can put... All sorts of sports on there for for content and inventory, but I just don't. That's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money to ask and go get and work around Notre Dame. And is Notre Dame? We were talking yesterday, and it, it, it's still sexier with some of the brands and teams in the ACC than what's left over in the Big Twelve. Uh, working through a Tuesday at Tail Varsity, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show 
podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in on a Tuesday, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Schmitty getting out of here a couple minutes early today as he's off to uh, watch his son pitch for potentially the last time this summer. So good luck to Carson out in the baseball diamond before we get out of here. Let's take a, you know, a quick listen, an abridged version of our interview with Phil Steele. His college football preview is out everywhere now. So uh, Phil, kind enough to join us a couple weeks ago. We abridged this down into uh, his talk of Nebraska. So let's uh, play that for you now. Phil Steele joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. This is from uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe July 6th. Uh, but without any further ado, let's get right into it. Mr. College Football with us, and we say hi to Phil Steele. College Football Preview at 28 years of excellence, and the 2022 edition is there for you digitally or on your newsstand. We say hi to Phil. Phil, thanks for the time. Great to talk some ball with you. Yeah, always fun talking with you, Chris. Uh, we've been doing this together for quite some time now, and uh, voice very familiar, so good to talk to you again. Well, it is great to hear from you when we talk, Phil. That means college football's just around the corner, 51 days, but yes, we're counting, and uh, a lot to, to dive into and a lot to uh, just take a, a gander at, right, right with, with uh, the realignment with USC, with UCLA, but... Uh, the the front the top of mind awareness for us is, is uh, the Big Ten and Phil that's where I want to start is just your overall outlook who who do you believe is the biggest threat uh, what's your research and data told you uh, for Ohio State who could be uh, a challenger for the Buckeyes here in 2022. Yeah, well, you know, Chris, uh, going back to last year, uh, using that as an example, or using that as the, the reason for this year, uh, last year, uh, not many of the 131 head coaches out there, uh, and last year, 90% of them told me, Phil, this is the deepest we've ever been. You know, during COVID, everybody returned, with the exception that everybody else was back. So almost every team had 17, 18, 19 returning starters last year. And they would say, Phil, this spring, we were able to run three deep. We've never been able to do that before. And now uh, what happened was the, the powerhouses. You're out, you know, you look at the Ohio State. Didn't make the Big Ten title game. Clemson didn't make the ACC title game. Oklahoma didn't make the Big 12 title game because those play- teams all lost players of the draft, whereas everybody else had 17, 18, 19 returning starters. Well, this year, I think it's more of a return to normalcy. Everybody lost something this year, including the big boys, and I think that's going to really help teams like Ohio State. And with Ohio State, I see them as head and shoulders above everybody else in the Big Ten this year. You look at their overall recruiting classes, what they have coming back. I mean, they've got three Heisman Trophy candidates, uh, quarterback C.J. Stroud, running back Travion Henderson, wide receiver Jackson Smith-Najiba, who actually 
broke school season season uh, single season uh, receiving record despite playing with two first round draft picks at the receiver position. Improved offensive line, and they bring over Knowles for the defensive line. Plus, have plenty of talent. I do think they they run the table, win the Big Ten this year. Tough top contenders, you know. Michigan's going to be up there. Uh, in fact, Michigan's got a chance of being eleven and zero when they face Ohio State that season final. Uh, but I don't think their defense is as good. They lose Aiden Hutchinson. They lose um, David Ajabo, Chris Hinton, all from up front. They lose Ross at linebacker, Hawkins and Hill from the defensive backs. Not not as dominant as they were uh, defensively last year. And then the West, I think the West is wide open. We're going to see a lot of teams knock each other off. So I think I don't know if there is a clear-cut contender to Ohio State this year. Michigan's probably going to give them their biggest challenge during the regular season. Phil Steele's with us, uh, College Football Preview 2022. Can log on, philsteele.com. Also, find him on Twitter at philsteele042. You, you led into the West. And who do you like or who has the best quarterback situation in the West as you look at it? Is it, is it Purdue because of, uh, of, of O'Connell coming back? Or do you think there's uh, somebody else there that – could surprise in the West and the Big Ten? Yeah, I think we've got a lot of potential uh, potential quarterbacks in the West. I mean, Illinois brings in Tommy DeVito, who I thought did a good job at Syracuse. He's a guy that can run and throw. Uh, his problem was he got injured. Uh, so if he can stay healthy, they've got a pretty good situation. Talking to Coach Fitzgerald this year, going over the team with them. He's pretty high on Ryan Holinsky. He felt that Holinsky was thrown into a tough situation last year, didn't really know the offense as well as he, as he uh, wanted him to, was going to redshirt, then had to play him. Holinsky's got it started at South Carolina, and I think he'll have a much better year this year. Aiden O'Connell does rank as the top guy at this moment because he had the very productive year last year, throwing for 3,700 yards with the 28-11 ratio, comes back as a senior. Your biggest concern with him is about the receiving core. Will they be as good, losing a guy like David Bell and Anthrop? But I think O'Connell has to come in as the number one guy. Casey Thompson is a guy that did well at Texas. Uh, and now he steps into more of a passing offense under Mark Whipple. Whipple just uh, was the uh, QB for Kenny Pickett at Pitt, who had a fantastic year. And I think Thompson can do well. Tanner Morgan had a uh, MVP type of season a few years back when uh, Soroka was his offensive coordinator. Soroka's back as offensive coordinator. Will Tanner Morgan regain that form they had two years ago? And then Spencer Petras from uh, Iowa is a guy that uh, he's not flashy. He's not going to throw for 3,000 yards, but he's a veteran quarterback. He's six foot five, 233 pounds, and he can get the job done. And then Wisconsin, Graham Mertz might have the most upside of the seven quarterbacks that we have here in the Big or in the Big Ten West. Uh, but he had sure after that first game he had in his first uh, year against Illinois, he has been very inconsistent since then. If he can live up to his talent level, then he has the potential to really skyrocket among the West uh, quarterbacks. But uh, I think all seven teams have potential there at the QB spot. Phil Steele's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Specifically, Phil, let's dive into Nebraska. Your reaction to last year's 3-9, and what the numbers tell you about the Big Red, and, and what do you have slated for Nebraska. What do you think happens for Frost in year five? Yeah, the numbers tell me they were a lot better team than the final record would indicate, that's for sure. I mean, they they outgained their opponents, outscored their opponents on the year, uh, and to be plus 56 yards per game in Big Ten play, 
Yeah, finished three and nine is uh, pretty remarkable. You had uh, every game, every loss last season was a close loss, with the exception of Ohio State. And when I mean close loss, I mean within one score. So seven net close losses last year, and the three wins were by 45, 25, and 49 points. So this is a team that's way under the radar as far as uh, they were much better than the three and nine record. All my indicators out there are pointing heavy on Nebraska up. They had seven net close losses, four net upsets, plus 56 yards per game in Big Ten play. And uh, so it's really uh, uh, promising for them. But I'm going to take you back to 2019. They had a lot of signs pointing their way. I had them as my number one most improved team in the country, and Scott Frost and company disappointed me. They went 5-7. and seven. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen again. I do expect them to be a much better team, and I think they are a contender in the West this year if they can get those uh, close wins. Do you have Nebraska projected as a bowl team, Phil? Yes, I do. I've got uh, Nebraska f- uh, probably favored in uh, seven of their games this year, six or seven of the games, and I think they definitely get to a bowl game, or seven or eight of their games, I should say, and I think they could pull an upset or two. So I, I, can, see, I can see them flipping the record from 3-9 and nine to 9-3 nine and three potentially. Phil, we'll get caught up again. Awesome to, to spend time with you. Thanks for the time today. Hey, always a lot of fun, Chris, and uh, appreciate you having me on. And don't forget the magazine's available at Barnes & Noble the first three weeks of July here. Uh, you can get it at Barnes & Nobles uh, starting on July the 9th, and then you can also go to the website, philsteel.com. But always great talking with you, Chris. Phil, you take care. Thanks. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. <laughs> Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Dropping up a Tuesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio. We are presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal taking you through the last few minutes of the show as Schmitty is off watching his son pitch um, potentially the last game of the summer as high school baseball season is getting all wrapped up. And as a baseball umpire, uh, you get to the end of the season and uh, it is a grind the previous couple months. So looking forward uh, to say a month off for uh, the baseball players and myself before we really get into the thick of things with football getting underway. Big 10 media days coming your way next month as well as, excuse me, next week, as well as the opening of Nebraska's fall camp. That is all very exciting. Tonight, we have the MLB All-Star Game, and I have a correction to make. We had a caller in who informed me of this, and I actually did not know that back in 2016, the MLB changed their rules for the All-Star Game, so the winner of the All-Star Game no longer uh, assures home field advantage in the World Series. Made that mistake earlier. Schmidt and I were both complaining about this new rule, how it impacts baseball. And that rule has been changed. This is news to me. I'm typically not an all-star game guy, so I can see how it would fly under the radar for myself. But uh, that is just a correction I wanted to make. If uh, this thing does come down to a three-swing, swing-off home run derby style, uh, uh, 
finish to determine the winner in the All-Star game. It will not determine who is uh, the home field in the World Series. And, huh, uh, we strive for accuracy here on Hale Varsity Radio. So let's clear those things up and uh, just make that point to you. So apologies, and uh, we'll promise to get things right next time. Uh, Before we get out of here, this show, a few more things from down at SEC Media Days to run you through. Uh, First is from Greg Sankey, uh, who obviously talked about college expansion, and uh, he said that the the news that USC and UCLA moved into the Big Ten was not a surprise to him. Um, Did I have an inkling? Uh, I'll be honest with you that about 18 months ago, I said, here's some projections of what could happen, and those two schools were part of it nationally, but I didn't know that this was about to happen on June 30. No, not at all. As I look and try to project what takes place and guess, um, that type of movement was somewhere in my, my thinking, but not at that moment. Despite that, uh, thank you on to say that uh, he does not believe that uh, this will will be the impetus to make the SEC move to expand. Again, we're comfortable at 16. There's no sense of urgency, no sense of panic. We're not just shooting uh, for a number of affiliations that make us better. Could they be out there? I would never say they're not. I would never say that we will. Um, We're going to be evaluating the landscape. I'm not going to speculate. And I actually am watching a lot of this activity operating around us more so than impacting us directly. Last thought here comes from Mike Leach, taken completely out of context. You're better off having too small of a package than too big a one. And I only play that because I've been waiting for years to play this. That's what she said. There we go. Anyway, uh, that'll do it for us here on a Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, If you missed any of the show, uh, catch our interviews, ESPNLincoln.com. That's where you catch those. You can also catch the full show, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, or the Hale Varsity YouTube page. That's where you check out the full show. It's a good one today. Uh, We caught up with Mitch Sherman back in hour one, and then two segments with Rick Kaczynski here leading off hour two. Uh, That was uh, what we had for you today. Coming up tomorrow, uh, a lot coming your way. Bill Bender will be uh, on the way as well as Mike Babcock, Mike Shuhart, and a whole lot more coming your way on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And we'll talk to you again. A Huda Media Production.